off, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bet on the Broth. Our first for the NOL season upcoming. Uh, we're just less than a few days away from the start of the season on Friday. We got Halifax taking on Philadelphia for our first mashup. And uh, today I'm going to be host and I'm joined by Bet on the Cross contributor and the brainchild behind the Bet on the Cross report, Brian Andrews. Uh, Brian, welcome. Are you excited as I am for uh, some NOL lines out here now? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you. I was grateful for the break because we were nonstop from December until September. So the two month break was nice, but uh, even through the football season, I was getting a little bit of lacrosse withdrawal. So I was really amped to see the lines go up on a couple books, still waiting on a couple. Um, but I'm really excited to get the ball rolling again and get back into the season and watch some really good lacrosse. How are you doing? Yeah, man, I had the same, like it was a nice to have a little bit of break between some pro action, but, uh, I too had a little bit of withdrawal and I'm excited. You know, when I saw futures come out, I got really excited. Um, you know, we have four books offering NLL futures. Two of them are offering uh, lines for this week. One, I'm sure we're going to get bet MGM at some point. Uh, but yeah, we have Caesars and DraftKings both offering NLL lines. And then we have FanDuel and Bet365 also offering futures. So I reckon definitely Bet365 will probably have odds. I don't know when they'll post those, but um, unfortunately that's only New Jersey and Colorado if you're in the States. Um, and then FanDuel obviously would be huge because a lot of people have access to FanDuel, but so far they just have futures up there. And then as I mentioned, you know, uh, BetMGM is definitely one that I'm keeping my eye on. And then in terms of PLL, we're going to talk a little about PLL futures off the bat. Um, we have DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars all offering odds right now. Um, so really ahead of the game right there. Um, and honestly, there's some varying prices out there that – it's not close enough that you can arbitrage all of the eight teams, but uh, pretty darn close. If you like, you know, a handful of teams, you still might be able to, you know, make some bets now. Um, I don't, I know me and you both don't really recommend doing that because of free agency coming up. But let's kind of start there with uh, the PLL futures. So I'll go through the longest odds. Uh, we'll do this for the NLL as well. But the Whip Snakes are the favorites, um, at least on DraftKings at plus 400. That are the longest odds. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty good price, I think, for a team that has made it uh, to the semifinals at least in all four years. Um, now, again, I wouldn't bet it now, but they're a team that probably not going to have a lot of turnover in this free agency period. You will also get to see them play in the championship series if that will sway you at all. I don't know if that will really sway me in any direction seeing those four teams compete, but I do think it does go a long way for camaraderie for these teams. Um, so you can get that price at DraftKings. Uh, Water Dogs are plus 450 on all three books. So although they're not the favorite on DraftKings, they are the favorite on the other books, um, obviously reigning champs for a reason. Atlas, you can get plus 600 on BetMGM and Caesars. Uh, a little bit of question marks there, maybe not necessarily with the roster, but with Ben Rubior departing. So who's going to be their head coach? Will it be Steve Brooks? Uh, that There's potential there um, it, that he gets hired full-time. He's the interim head coach, but maybe they go with that outside name as well. Archers are plus 650 on BetMGM. Chaos are plus 750 on DraftKings. Might be able to get a better price on them if they start off slow again this year. But, um, you know, not a lot of respect for a team that's made it to the championship in the past two years, uh, three years, actually. And then you got Chrome at plus 800 on Caesars. They were obviously a team we were high on last offseason. Redwoods plus 1,200. They're going to have a lot of offensive tur uh, offseason turnover. Already Matt Cavanaugh leaving. Uh, he was going to, you know, possibly depart in free agency. They actually traded him to the Cannons, so got a little bit of capital. And then Cannons, plus 1,500. Um, they're the longest odds for very good reason, since they did have, you know, performed the worst 
um, of this past season. But I'll start off. If I'm going to bet any of these right now, which I, again, recommend a lot of people wait, but there is one team that I have placed a bet on, and that's the Cannons at plus 1,500. Now, it's not as nice of a price as plus uh, 2,000 that we got on the Chrome last season. I think the books learned their lesson on giving out those long of odds, but I still like the Cannons at this price just based on the fact that you still have the best player in the world, Lyle Thompson, on the team. Um, adding Kavanaugh, you know, is a nice offseason addition, and you just got to think of what is going to be that are long, long odds. Like if they're out of contention come midway through the season or at the end of the season, kind of like they were last year, they still had a chance at the end of the season, you know, to get into the playoffs, but um, their odds were, you know, plus 2000 range then. So that's not that big of a difference right now. So I just don't think like, you know, if they string off a, a couple wins, they're going to drop pretty quickly. Um, and if they don't, their odds probably aren't going to get that much longer. In my opinion, um, I don't think, you know, I think, for an eight-team league, plus 1,500, you're getting tremendous value on that. So that's why I like the Cannons at that price. Um, but like I said, you can probably justify betting any of these teams. Um, I just wouldn't bet them now. I would wait. There's plenty of time. These markets aren't going to move, um, really, if, if at all. Uh, you know, Even when the championship series rolls around, which we're hoping to you know, talk some betting there, hopefully as well, um, these odds aren't going to move. So you could wait till probably April and still get these prices. So don't get your money tied up now, save it for the NLL season, make some money on the NLL season, then put your money in the PLL. But if I was, you know, to bet one team now, and I have already bet this team, Cannons plus 1500. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I agree. Definitely have to wait. Even, even for the Cannons or the Redwoods, the Redwoods, they're going to have a lot of offseason turnover, like you said, or presumably we assume they're going to have that. But even for the Cannons, I think aside from potential trades, which I think Cannons will end up benefiting from a lot of uh, free agencies and maybe the draft. But the reason I'd hold off from even the Cannons right now, just something to think about is Coach Quirk has showed that he has not had the best drafts, made a lot of questionable trades for draft picks and players to move or made trades to move up in the draft. You know, a lot of decisions that were really questionable leading up to last season that I think really made them struggle over the course of the season and made them ultimately miss the playoffs. So I think I need to see the draft and some long-term planning, some Ben Rubior style off-season play for uh, for me to have any faith right now. Uh, so even for the long odds, the Redwoods and the Cannons, I don't I don't think there's a lot of value there yet until we know what their team's actually going to look like uh, come late spring. But there are some other teams that are pretty interesting. Like I don't really understand how why the Chrome are so such uh, why they have such long odds that's a team that i'd be looking at over over the offseason um and i think that archer's spot is like a complete trap i don't know why they're valued so highly in the rankings um for the futures so i think i think the offseason is going to be a lot of fun and we're going to see a lot of teams change and i think these odds are going to change pretty dramatically potentially uh given you know public sentiment about those changes no, I agree. And the Archers are another one, you know, we mentioned Redwoods, but Archers, Redwoods, I think are the two I would definitely keep my hands off of just because they have so many players hitting free agency. I think there's going to be a lot of moves. There's still going to be those core group of guys, you know, you're still going to have Rob Pinnell on the Redwoods, you're still going to have Tom Schreiber on the Archers, but th these teams are going to have, you know, a lot of moves, um, you know, and I don't know even if the moves will necessarily sway me you know, towards their number at all. And if I don't think we'll see the odds move that much either in reaction to the offseason, maybe we will. But um, yeah, those, those are teams that, you know, just wait and see what happens in the offseason right now. Um, and I do agree with you to a point with the Chrome because I don't think they are going to have that much offseason turnover. 
And I, I do think they're a little undervalued right now. Um, you know, cannons for me though, are just a pure, pure number play right now. You know, if it was, uh, if it was the Redwoods in that position, I'd probably, you know, consider the Redwoods too, just at that number, really any team at this number. Um, you know, obviously if it was any of the other teams, I would probably like a little bit more, but, um, that's kind of how I'm playing this cannons play. I expect them to be more competitive, maybe not be a contender, but at least more competitive to justify, um, betting them at this price. Um, but we also have NLL futures and, as I mentioned, you know, we have four books offering those. So I'll run down those lists. Uh, I know we have a little bit more thoughts on, you know, the NLL season and these futures. You got the Seals are the favorites, plus 600 on Caesars. Um, we'll get to them a little bit later. Bandits plus 650 on FanDuel. Uh, Rock plus 800. You know, they were essentially two pipes away from going to the championship last season. So, um, you know, sitting right there at plus 800. Mammoth, you know, reigning champs, plus 850 on FanDuel. Thunderbirds plus eleven hundred on FanDuel, Wings plus twelve hundred on Caesars, Riptide plus thirteen hundred on FanDuel. Um, we are not seeing the long. I think what it was it. It was something outrageous, like plus oh, ten. Huge. Last year, I th- I'm pretty sure it was plus ten thousand last year. Uh, they had some really long odds, um, so I sprinkled on them. They didn't even make the playoffs, but they looked better, and that's hence why you know they're a little bit more, uh, you know, favored going in this season rush plus 1400 on bet 365 and DraftKings. swarmer plus 1500 on FanDuel. roughnecks plus 1600 on bet 365 and caesars panther cities plus 1800 on caesars the firewolves are plus 2000 on bet 365 the warriors are plus 2500 on caesars the desert dogs are plus 3000 on caesars and you can actually get the nighthawks at plus 5000 on caesars so they're the longest uh, odds out there um so you know that's kind of if you're if you're looking to bet any of those teams, go to those sports books if you have access to them. That's where the best number is currently. I'll start with you, Brian. Who do you like of these? You know these futures. It's a long season. You know it's going to end potentially Memorial Day weekend. It could be June second. So we're a long ways off um, from a championship. But you know anybody you, you got a future on right now? Well, at least unlike the PLL the off season's out of the way. We have free agency and the drafts done with. So we at least have more information. Uh, it's a, it's a Homer pick, but I, I think that the wings are really undervalued for some reason on the books right now, even though they had a lot of losses in the off season, I think they made up for them in free agency and, and drafting. And so I'm looking at the wings at plus 1200. I really like that number. Um, I think it's too close to the people after them. Uh, I think the Wings are going to be a better team than uh, we all expect. And I think it's really interesting that our first matchup is, you know, the Wings, who are plus 1,200, against the Thunderbirds, who are plus 1,100. So I think it'll I, – I have – I placed the bet on the Wings at plus 1,200. And so it'll be really interesting to see how things shake out in week one for them against a team that they're supposed to be semi-evenly matched with. Um, other than that, I think one sneaky team that I'm not placing a bet on, but I think is also severely undervalued based on, you know, how the, how their season was going towards the end of last season is Panther city. Panther city was able to keep up with a lot of teams towards the end of the season, even though they had a really tough start to their season. They're a new team. um, But I think their coaching staff is really strong and I think they have a good foundation to build upon over time. Uh, So I think they could sneak into the playoffs and then, get us some hedging opportunities there potentially, but that's a wait and see for me. That's just something that I noticed on the list. 
Yeah, no, that's definitely a, a team I kind of got my eye on as well. I mean, you look at the West, you have the Seals are like the odds on favorite uh, along with the Mammoth too, obviously with reigning champs. Both those teams were in the Western Conference Finals. And then you have to go all the way down to the rush at plus 1400 to find another West team. So that West is, you know, pretty wide open. Um, and given the playoff format, we might only see three West teams. So that's what, you know, makes it a little bit trickier to predict. But yeah, you got Roughnecks, Panther City, and Warriors and Desert Dogs are all kind of like in that mix at the end. Like, you know, who's going to have a breakout season? Are the Desert Dogs really going to come out and surprise people a little bit like Panther City did or the Seals a few years ago? Um, or are they going to have more of a, you know, a building block season like we've seen with the Riptide, Nighthawks, and a few of those other expansion teams? So that's a, a big question. I love the Wings at plus 1,200. Uh, I think their shortest odds out there might be around like 800 somewhere. So like 1,200, I think, is a great number to bet that. I also do like the Thunderbirds as well at 1100. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting. I actually bet both of them. Uh, but it, if you notice that they're playing each other this Friday, if you haven't bet either of them, I would bet the team that you think is going to lose. I would bet the team you think is going to win um, if, the, if you want to bet a future. So if you like the Wings to win this Friday, bet them now. Um, and then you can maybe get a better price than the Thunderbirds. You know, I don't know how drastically they'll move after one game, but. That's something to consider. But yeah, I, I think the Thunderbirds, you know, just because they had a first round exit, um, people are a little bit quiet on them. They're returning a lot of their guys. They added Randy Stotts in the offseason, who's presumably ho hopefully healthy. Um, we're obviously big fans of him. Uh, so yeah, I think the Thunderbirds, it's kind of funny to say they're a little undervalued. I mean, the, the East is super competitive. You have the Bandits and the Rock, you know, as the favorites. Um, but the Thunderbirds are right there too, you know, I, I really, and they, they had a close game with Toronto. So, um, you know, I think those are some good, good odds on them right now um, at that number. You know, I wouldn't bet, I, I really wouldn't bet Bandits Rock, even though those prices are pretty good too. I just, you know, it's a long season. I feel like you might be able to get a better number, but I did say that about the Bandits last year and their odds, I don't think after their opening odds were like plus 850, they never got any longer than that. So that's the risk you run with some of this. Um, but then you, you can kind of see how the season goes and you can kind of buy back in in different ways or you can just bet them on the money line, you know, or I'm sorry, not really on the money line, but bet them on the spread as the season progresses if they're really that much of a contender. That's another way to play it. So don't feel like you need to get tie all your money up into futures right now. As I say that, I, I do have four futures. Uh, but yeah, the wings are one of them that I have. They're the ones that I would bet, um, you know, I would recommend the most. Um, I got the Thunderbirds as well. And then I sprinkled a little bit on the Nighthawks. Now, I don't think the Nighthawks are a contender. I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. I do think they're a better team. And I do think it's almost like the Cannons theory at plus 5,000. That's it's pretty long odds um, for, you know, a 15-team league. So I don't know. I, I bet them at plus 5,000, just a little sprinkle. I'm hoping that, you know, they, they rattle off some wins. They have a pretty favorable schedule to open up to some some winnable games so you know if they go two and one even potentially three and oh which i think they could i think they play the firewolves and the swarm that they're all going to kind of be uh, along that same competitive um you know level uh and i'll get to their game against the swarm coming up shortly too but um i don't think that's a bad bet um again i don't think they're going to win it's almost like i bet that the riptide last year at that long price kind of the same thing here um, and although the Riptide did not win, you know, it was, I had a chance to potentially hedge out if they made the playoffs and they were close to making the playoffs. So that's how I'm hoping it with the Nighthawks. Um, we'll see how it goes. 
you know, we can come back and do some old takes exposed if I'm wrong on that. Um, but yeah, just a little sprinkle on that. I, I put a half unit, so I don't put anything more on that long shot of odds because I do think they're going to have a tough time in the East, but pretty favorable schedule. You might not get that price again, uh, especially if they win this weekend. And then the last one, I went from the longest odds to the shortest odds. I bet the Seals at plus 600. Um, I do not want to get caught like I did with the Bandits last year, and that's how I feel about this Seals team. I do think, um, especially in the West, I think it's them and everybody else. Uh, you know, no disrespect to the Mammoth. I think they're, you know, it, right up there with them. But I really do think the Seals, the moves they made in the offseason at Curtis Dixon, Kevin Crowley, you know, Brody Merrill's coming back. They re-signed Shiliano. Like, th this team is built to win this year. They'll be built to win now. Um, you know, hopefully Stott's completely healthy. He will miss game one um, due to suspension from what happened in the, the Western Conference Finals. But, yeah, I, I think this team is loaded. And, you know, plus 600 still feels like a decent value on a team that's favored to win it all. Um, I'm just worried, you know, they come out hot and – you know, their odds continue to shrink. Now, if you don't feel as confident, you can wait and see, you know, if they're a real deal, if they have any growing pains, but um, they're a team that I recommend betting now, despite being the odds on favorite. Thoughts on that, Brian? Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I get wanting to get ahead of the curve and not, you know, lose out on, you know, Bandits 850 last year in retrospect. Unreal line. Like, we all should have been on that. So I understand given the hype around the seals not wanting to miss out on that and i think it's very very likely they make it to the playoffs and you get hedging opportunities based off of it anyway so i think that's a smart play yeah and that's kind of how i'm playing it is like if it i just really don't think there's a realistic scenario barring any injuries you know knock on wood this might come back to bite me but that they don't make the playoffs you know i just think they're going to be one of those top three teams even if they do fall to a little bit maybe the mammoth you know end up being that top team maybe another team surprises us a little bit maybe they get a little bit longer odds but i don't think they're going to get anything past the plus 800 range the rest of the season even if they do have a few losses so that's why i think in, get in on them now i think that you're you're risking their price getting way shorter rather than you know waiting and then their odds probably don't get that much longer if they do falter a little bit so those are our yeah, thoughts. I, yeah. I, I agree with you like 100 on the i don't think that the books will overreact i think we're past the point in lacrosse indoor outdoor where the books are going to overreact like, oh, the Seals lost their first two games or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. They're going to be, you know, plus a thousand in the futures market now. Because even in live lines, I've we've watched games in the PLL where the whip snakes will be like losing by five to a team and they'll still be minus 1.5 on the live spread. Like yeah. the teams are so resistant to change because they don't want people to be able to play both sides of the field. Um, obviously that doesn't apply as specifically, or it's not the best analogy for, uh, futures lines. Uh, but I think since it's a softer market, it, it, they'll be hyper resistant to change until it's uh, like a foregone conclusion that the seals are a dud somehow they, you know, they didn't figure it out with their star studded roster and they're not making the playoffs. I think it'll be a while before the books will admit that. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and you know, and even then if they get such a long season, if, if this ends up crashing and burning and, it, it, there is a chance that they miss the playoffs. I can start, you know, betting against them or playing them in different ways too. So that's another way to to kind of look at it. Um, and unfortunately, I did have I did have a conversation too with the the commissioner today. Um, got to talk a little bit sports betting. That whole interview will drop on Pro Lacrosse Talk. Unfortunately, we will not be getting live betting or player pops this season for the NLL, but it is on their radar. 
So that's something that is, I'm really excited that it is on their radar. There's just not enough data, um, the way he was explaining it to me right now, for these odds makers to feel comfortable offering it, completely understand. We saw live betting in the PLL come and go, um, probably because we were, you know, making some money doing <laughs> betting those live lines and uh, we did not get them in the playoffs. So uh, I think these sports books, you know, they're there to manage risk and um, until they're comfortable you know, with their algorithms, comfortable with the data that they have in setting these lines, they're just not going to do it. So we'll have to wait probably till 2023, 2024 is what he hopes. But, uh, you know, at least it's on their radar because, um, you know, I love player props. I love hitting some player props and then live betting as well, especially in a sport like lacrosse is definitely fun uh, to do. So we'll have to wait a little bit on that, but um, it is on their radar, which is great to hear. That is really good to hear. And one thing that I'm looking out for in the future specifically for PLL because we're starting to see props there too. So if it's also in the NLL, it's great because I want to start integrating um, stats into the betting report to help people gauge the lines people, uh, the books put out for different props. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think there are a ton that'll be helpful. We've seen ground ball props in the outdoor game, saves props in the outdoor game. Um, you know, the content of, of the, of the props might be different for the indoor game, but including that information in the betting report, would be real will end up being really helpful i ended up finding a lot of plays during the outdoor game uh that helped me make some money on some obscure props and i would love to summarize that and help the community you know make some money off that so that would be really exciting absolutely and i i'm really excited for player props i mean you know I, every game is different but like i feel like there's a little more volatility with who's scoring the pll where the nll like you know, Dane Smith is going to put up points. So I'm, I'm curious to see, like, you know, if he's getting a four and a half point line, like, you know, it, it'll be fun to kind of bet, all right, is he going to go under, like, who's the defense he's playing? Like, is he going to go over that mark? Um, you know, I just think, I think there's a lot more possibilities for some, you know, numbers like that because there tends to be, you know, not necessarily more scoring total wise, but, um, you know, more players putting up hat tricks and scoring multiple points in the NLL. So that's something I'm, I'm hoping to see, you know, of, of course, a few seasons away, but definitely excited for that. Let's go to some NLL week one games, Brian. I know we have some thoughts. We're going to go to our best bets first, and then we'll do some extra money opportunities as well. Uh, I'll start us off with a underdog. Um, now, if you look at we're looking off of DraftKings and Caesars lines. You can also check out Coolback Canada if you're a Canadian listener. Um, they have odds as well. Um, and if you look at Coolback Canada's odds, everyone's a one and a half point favorite or underdog. There's only a one and a half for all the games. You go to Caesars and DraftKings, a little bit of a different story. Um, so currently, you have the the Rock are two and a half point favorites, and the Bandits are two and a half point favorites in on DraftKings. Um, but you can find a two and a half there on the Nighthawk Swarm. Now, you can't find it on DraftKings. So if you don't have access to Caesars, unfortunately, you probably won't be able to bet this. But the Nighthawks are currently two and a half point underdogs against the Swarm. And you can get that price at minus 120 on Caesars. I think the Nighthawks are going to be better. I kind of talked about that a little bit with my, my future bet. Um, you know, they got Hutchcraft now. Uh, I think, you know, him and Hartley are both going to be competing for that starting role. So I, I think the goaltending should be a little bit, you know, better. I mean, Ryland Hartley didn't do bad last year. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, the goaltending is a little stronger. They got Connor Fields in the offseason. They did trade away Bertrand. So, you know, that's a, a loss. But a lot of their team is coming back. You know, Holden Katoni's coming back. Like, I feel like this team is going to take another step. I feel like they're 
kind of like the Riptide last year. They're going to take another step. They're going to be contending for a potential playoff spot, trying to sneak into that wild card. Um, I really do think, like, you know, the, the Swarm are a team that I'm kind of like, I think there's more questions than answers. Same with the Firewolves. Um, both young teams, a lot of roster turnover. Swarm obviously are going to be having a different goaltender with Pullen uh, retiring. So I know the Swarm have the best player in the world, Lyle Thompson. They also trade for Jeremy Thompson. Should help them, you know, uh, with ball control at the stripe, uh, as well as, you know, just in transition. But um, I think the Nighthawks are alive to win this game. I'm not going to bet them on the money line. They're plus 200 if you want to bet them on the money line. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to sprinkle. I just think the two and a half is a good number. I, I don't think, I think it's going to be a close game. And I, I would be shocked if they lose by three or more um, in this game. So Nighthawks plus two and a half. That's my, my first best bet. Uh, you know, Brian, what, what do you got? Oh, you know what? You want first spread. I'll give you a money line, uh, which I will not usually do on the show for, for the NLL from now on. So I want to talk about the money line because uh, I think it's an interesting trend that we ended up seeing last year where for the first nine weeks or so, for, so for the first half of the season, money line favorites won overwhelmingly. Uh, upsets were very rare. Teams were, you know, figuring their stuff out. Teams that had, you know, just – Pure talent composition ended up overcoming a lot of other teams, you know, the Bandits, the Rock, whatever. Um, so what's important is when favorites are winning overwhelmingly, the favorites are getting priced, the juice skyrockets. So you start getting money line favorites in the minus 260 range. So by the end of last season, really our only options were to bet totals or spreads to get any value on our money or parlay, but we don't really recommend those here. Mm-hmm. So this week I was kind of expecting, you know, minus 200 minus 180 because it's week one. Um, so not as juice because we don't know everything about the season yet. Uh, but I was really surprised to see that the seals opened up at minus 135 minus 130 against the riptide on DraftKings. It's now at minus 135. But I'm taking that all day because the seals are the outright favorite on the futures market to win. I think that the value that has been given to the riptide in the futures market uh, for the Riptide is, I I think a little gracious. Um, I don't. I see them being a cont- a better contender than they were last year. But I think their biggest problem last year was their defense. They were last in goals against average, and I don't think that they did a ton to fix that in the off season. And now with this like you know super team whatever offense that the Seals has, in addition to their back end, I I don't see a world where the Riptide take a quick one from the Seals. Um, and you know, even if I thought that it was going to be a tight game and I thought the Riptide had a phenomenal offseason at minus 130 in a league where favorites win a majority of the time early in the season, I'm just going to take it for the price. So I, I think even though it's minus 130, minus 135, which something I'd normally, you know, have a tough time deciding in this context for this league with the composition of the seals and the Riptide, I'm hammering the money line here. I think the seals are very underpriced. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I bet it at minus 130 as well. Um, I'll get to this game a little bit more, um, you know, both in my EMO, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, the total in this as well. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like this, you know, getting the seals at this price, I would understand it if they were playing, you know, if it's like a Colorado Mammoth playing the Saskatchewan Rush game, which I know you're going to touch, touch on a little bit too, um, you know, where the money line price is, you know, kind of close there. You know, you got – Rush or minus 105, 
Mammoth are minus 125, so close to being a pick'em there. Um, I don't think this game should be that close to being a pick'em. Not that it is. You can still get the Riptide, you know, plus 110, I believe. But I agree with you. I would still bet him at minus 135. I'd probably still bet him at minus 140. Um, but then at that point, you're starting to get into, you know, high juice territory, and we're pretty juice adverse on this uh, podcast. Um, but I'll get to that a little bit later. I like the over in this game as another best bet. 22 and a half just feels too low for me. Um, you can get that on Caesars, I believe, still. Yeah, 22 and a half you can get on Caesars. 23 and a half on DraftKings. Um, I don't think I'd bet it at 23 and a half. I think I'd only bet it at 22 and a half. So if you can't get the 22 and a half, make this a pass for you. Um, you know, we we do have a chance that Chiliano could really ball out. And Orleman could play well, too. Um, I just think, though, both these teams' strengths are their offenses. You know, the the we saw the Seals, you know, they had some good games when Chiliano played lights out, um, but still that defense was still kind of like hit or miss game to game. But they were always putting up points for the most point, part. Now they got Curtis Dixon, Kevin Crowley, Dane Doby's coming back. Um, they won't have stats this game, but um, I, I just think this team is too loaded to not. And you look at, uh, you know, take exhibition matchups with a grain of salt, but they put up 18 points in each of their exhibition games. I just think this is a, a good matchup for them too um, against a young goaltender. And then I think the Riptide can kind of match that. You know, uh, I don't know if the Seals are going to drop 18 on them, but I think, you know, you're looking at probably a 13, 14 point game for the Seals. And um, I still think the Riptide could probably put up 10 points as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's why I really like the over in this game 22 and a half. Again, I wouldn't bet it if it was 23 and a half, but uh, that's kind of where I'm looking in this one. If you're a Canadian listener, you can also get a 22 and a half cool bet Canada as well. So, um, you know, if you can't access DraftKings or sorry, if you can't access Caesars Union and you're in Canada, you can bet them there as well. But yeah, I, I like the over. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think a lot of the points that support your over 22 and a half play here are the exact reasons that I decided on the seals money line. Uh, and you get a slightly better price for that. So I, I totally agree with everything that you said. For me, I, shocker, have a total play for everybody this week, and it's an under, also a shocker. I'm happy you brought up the Mammoth Rush game because that's that's the uh, total that I'm eyeing. It's uh, 22 and a half on DK, and it's 21 and a half on Caesars, and you can get the over 21 and a half at plus 100, which is the biggest bait line I've ever seen in the NLL. These, these teams are, we've talked a little bit about teams that, you know, have total overhaul. Uh, from last year, like the Seals are an example, totally revamped offense. Uh, the Wings lost a lot of players. Um, so there are a lot of teams that have major faces leaving or coming in or whatever. These teams, the Mammoth and the Rush, don't really have a giant team composition change over the course of the offseason. So I think we're going to get a very consistent performance from what we saw last year, which I think is a huge benefit to us as betters in the early weeks of, of this NLL season. And the Mammoth Rush have just one goal, tight knit. 16 to 19 point total games. So the line being at uh, 22 and a half makes me feel very safe because they need to get to 23, which is a pretty high total for both of those teams, uh, even outside of their respective matchups. Uh, so, I, but at 21 and a half, not taking it, I think Caesar's trying to, you know, get you with a fast one for some plus money, which I don't think is worth it. I'd rather play the under 22 and a half at minus 120 and watch them have a really good defensive game between Dylan Ward and whoever ends up starting for the rush. 
Yeah, you got to watch those bait lines. They're baiting you for that over at 21 and a half. But they know, you know, that's why you, you look at it. And like you said, any game with Dylan Ward in net, I'm going to be kind of already kind of looking at the under. Um, I think, you know, the rush, uh, this defense, you know, it, it struggled a little bit last year. But um, you could argue that it was more on the bright spot. They don't have Corbeil. Obviously, he went to the rock. But um, most of the defensive core is still there for the most part, um, you know, we're hoping the offense is going to have a better year than it did last year with all that talent. Um, but again, they're going up against Dylan Ward. Uh, I do like the under in this as well. Uh, I'm not as strongly on it as you just being at 22 and a half. I'd feel much more comfortable if it was 23 and a half, but um, definitely not betting the over either. So uh, yeah, I hate that play as well. And then, you know, it's 22 and a half on cool bet Canada as well. So Canadian listeners, if you, if you want to bet, you know, cool bet, that's another, um, place you can get that 22 and a half. Um, before so those are on, before we move on, I just want to say one more thing about the rush defense. Um, yep. in support of them, even though even though Corbiel's gone, uh, they ranked fifth last year in goals against average, which is impressive for a team that like did not end the season on a high note. And uh, they also went through multiple goalie changes. And they still put out consistent defensive performances. So in addition to your points about Dylan Ward, I think I think the Rush have like a lot of pieces together to keep, you know, people away from their netminder. So I, I think that I the more I look into it, the more I like the under 22 and a half. Yeah. No, and you know, we saw Eric Petty come in, like not we never thought that goaltending was the issue last season, but they brought in Eric Penny. He played well. To bring in Alex Buquet this offseason, he obviously played really, really well for the Warriors last season. They decided to part ways with him. So it's going to be one of those guys, and I'd feel confident in either of those guys, um, you know, and we're hoping, you know, Matt Beers can kind of return to form. He, he, did, he did fine last year, you know, um, on that team. Um, and like I said, you know, you, you miss uh, you miss um, Corbeil leaving, but Kyle Rubish comes back. So that's obviously big for this defense. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty Pretty good about that t- total as well. Um, now moving on to our extra money opportunities, uh, we both like this bet, but I'll I won't steal your thunder. I'll let you give uh, one of our money line extra money opportunities. Thank you for letting me put my homer pick out in the world. So in addition to the Wings future that I have placed, I also really like the Wings money line at plus one twenty five on Caesars against the Thunderbirds. You'll notice that the Thunderbirds and the Wings are right next to each other in the futures market for the longest odds. They might it might vary a little bit per book, um, but it, the the money line odds, I think, are kind of just being influenced from the results of last year, where the Wings played the Thunderbirds twice. It was a 10-8 game twice. Um, the Wings never really felt in control of those games. Blah blah blah. They were having a real offensive slump at the time, and I think that the the money line odds here. Um, should be closer to a pick them, especially given the changes that both teams have made over the offseason. Um, and instead, I think the price favors the wing. So I think we're going to get a tight game, a really exciting tight game in this one. Uh, but I think that the wings are very undervalued in this matchup. So I'm, it's, it's, not that I, it's not that I think that the wings are going to crush the Thunderbirds. It's that, you know, the price is juicy enough for me to take it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I would, you know, probably price this closer to a pick Um, You know, I'd still probably make the Thunderbirds favorites, but, uh, you know, you could argue that the Wings, you know, had a better offseason and should be right up there. I mean, I'm pretty high on both these teams. I think we're in for a great game on Friday, but, yeah, plus 125, 
I love that number. I'd probably bet that to plus 115, um, plus 110 on DraftKings. I'd probably still bet it there too, um, I'll be honest. But um, you're getting into a little bit less, you know, value standpoint from there. But I, I do think they're alive to win this game. Um, so I love that play. I bet them at plus 120 on DraftKings before it moved. Um, could have gotten the Caesars number, so you can still get that. Um, it's obviously a better number. So if you have access to Caesars, bet that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, if you look at, um, the Quebec Canada's lines, this is almost a pick them. Halifax is minus 115 and Philadelphia is minus 105. So, um, you know, I, not to disrespect the American bookmakers, but I think Coolbet is v very much a little bit more in tune to the Canadian market and to lacrosse. So that's where I like comparing, even though I can't bet the Canadian odds, I like comparing a little bit just because, I do feel like those odds can sometimes be a little bit more better representation of it. So yeah, if you're getting them at plus money, uh, I think it's a, a great bet um, for sure. Um, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of goals in that game, but then again, you got you got two good goaltenders too. So I'm definitely not touching the total on that one. Could go either way. Um, but now I'm gonna go back to, for my EML, a game we already talked about in, in depth, and that's the Seals versus the Riptide. I kind of already hinted at this play. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm taking the over, I'm taking the seals on the money line as well. Um, but I also like sprinkling a little bit plus 120 seals minus one and a half. You know, I, I wouldn't bet the seals on the money line if I didn't think they were going to win and win handedly, you know, I thought it was going to be close now, you know, this could be a three, four goal game, like, which is still close in my book, but I do think the seals win by at least two goals. Um, you know, maybe it's an empty netter at the end too. You never know. So I'm going to sprinkle a little bit plus 120 seals minus one and a half um, pairing that with the money line play as well. So, you know, bet a full unit on the money line and then, you know, bet a little bit, you know, maybe a half unit um, on, you know, them at the minus one, one and a half as well. I think that that's a little bit more value. Now, usually, you know, usually I don't like betting teams on the money line. I'm either confident in them enough to bet them on the spread or i'm not confident enough and i stay off of it um but i'm pretty confident in the seals so that's the way i'm playing this uh saturday matchup thoughts on that yeah i think it makes sense i'm staying off just because i don't want to bet all three categories Ooh. that we can on the same game so um also my, minus one and a half stress me out in the nll there's so many opportunities for backdoor covers from the from the underdog side that <laughs> It's it's more risk than it's worth for me, um, but for a plus money opportunity for a minus one and a half, I I, I think that's going to evaporate pretty quickly as the season goes on. So might as well you know throw a half unit on it if you're confident in the money line. Yep. No, I thank yeah I tend to like agree. Like I just feel like you know I tend to not bet the minus one and a half either, but. You know, if I'm gonna bet a favorite, that's kind of the the way I want to do it. Um, you know, I just you know, you look at you know, we the few games we didn't talk about, you know, with the rock and the bandits being the two that I look at, those are both two and a halves. Um, so you wouldn't touch the rock or the bandits on the money line, be more inclined to bet them on the spread, but I think two and a half's a lot. You know, three goals is a league, a very competitive league with a lot of parity. So yeah, I rarely bet a minus two and a half point favorite. Most of the time, I'm just staying off of it. Um, you know, the value is just not just there. And you look at their prices, Rock plus 120 to bet a minus two and a half, and then Bandits plus 105. So really, you know, they're really not giving you much value there. I do think those teams win, 
just not betting those games just because anything can happen in this league. You know, we saw upsets a plenty last year. So um, those are a few thoughts on those games. I think we covered every game, you know, by hitting on those. Uh, yeah, we covered every game. Those are the other two that we, we don't have a play on. Um, so, yeah, those are our thoughts on PLL futures, NLL futures, and NLL week one. We're both excited for this. Uh, you know, watch on ESPN+. Plus. There's a few games on Linear as well this weekend, TSN and ESPNU, I believe. But, uh, yeah, those are our thoughts on this game. We'll be back every week, hopefully, um, you know, barring anything particular. But definitely uh, continue to listen. Definitely subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. If you you know, came in late, you can definitely listen to a replay of this. But we also put this up in the podcast form, Ben on Lacrosse Podcast. And then definitely check out Pro Lacrosse Talk as well. I mentioned that interview with NLL Commissioner uh, Brett Frude. So that's coming out on Friday if you're interested in hearing more about that. But with that, I appreciate everyone tuning in to another episode of Battle on the cross.